Hey, it's Kylie, and welcome to 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. Now the Passover seders are behind us, Sfirata Omer, or the counting of the Omer, has officially begun. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, listen back to last week's episode where I ran through why we count the Omer and where the tradition comes from. Basically, each week for the next seven weeks, we focus on a different aspect or attribute of God's being. That attribute is also something that we as people possess, given that tradition holds that we were created in the image of God. The Omer kicks off with a trait of chesed, which is traditionally understood as compassion or loving kindness. That's great and all, but what does that mean practically? How do you engage with loving kindness at 9 a.m. on a Tuesday or 4 p.m. on a Sunday? What does chesed mean for me, a 28-year-old living in New York City? If I'm going to explore how to connect to these traits more deeply every week, I need someone to guide me through what the trait really means. This is where Dasi Zar comes in. Dasi is the co-director of Chabad House Bowery's young professional branch, Kilas Atid, and she's somebody who has spent a lot of time studying and thinking about these traits and how they relate to life. Dasi is a close friend, a badass living on the Lower East Side, and somebody I've learned a lot from, and will be back at the start of every week. So the best starting point is why Sphira? When did you start getting interested in it? Why are you interested in it? And what is it? So I guess why I love Sphira is because it's the foundation of who we are. We're animals, essentially, and we're made up of emotions. And we don't have— I have so many emotions. I know. (laughs) I have so many. It's like, how do we manage? How do we— how do we deal with all of the inner workings of what's going on in <sighs> us? And what the spirit do, we don't have spirit. We have soul powers and they're mirrored. Mm. Hashem has these spirit, these attributes, and then they're mirrored within us, right? Because we're made in the image of God. Yeah. It's just a roadmap of what's going on inside mm. of us. And it's like, okay, you have three intellectual attributes, right? The spirit of Chachma, Bina, and Dat. Mm-hmm. And they essentially birth your emotions. Your intellect really births your emotions. What are? The, how would you translate those three? So Chachma is your wisdom. It's that flash of inspiration. Mm. That's just like that aha moment. You're like, huh. But there's no breath or width there. And Kabbalistically, it's very masculine energy. Mm. It's like pure potential. It's raw. It's, if you think about it, right, man gives seed. It's just like billions of little swimmers, uh, right? Little swimmers just like bouncing around, <laughs> yeah. and they're all like, "What do I do? Like, put me somewhere, do something with me!" Ah! And it's like, how do we? What do we do with that? Yeah. Right? And that's very masculine. And we yeah. have that. We all have that. There's feminine, masculine. It's not about male, female. It's just we mm. all have that. Yeah. That's the Abba. That's the Father. Mm-hmm. And then there's Ima, which is Bina, and Bina is all about. Okay, let's. Now, it's the gestation period. It's like, let's take that. Let's create a fetus. Let's create— I see you little swimmers. Yeah, I see you swimmers. Like, let's let's get you to implant. Mm. Let's ground you. Let's create some breath and width. Let's create some boundaries. You're not all over the place. Let me take you and let me nurture you and grow you and develop you. So that's the Ima and Abba. And then, really, the spherot stack— so everything extends from Chachma and Bina. And then Dot. It, in the exactly. Middle. So Dot is that magical center, 
pillar that's all about integration. Mm. It's the gap between what's going on in our minds and really then bringing it down into our behavior and saying, like, how can I now bring this into my life? How can I integrate it? How can I make it real and tangible? For the 49 days, for the Omer period, where do those three pieces fit? So it's so interesting because we don't really experience the intellectual during the Omer, right? So it's kind of like a backstory here. Like, you got to know that there are these three pillars that sort of Mm. precede the emotions because— your emotions are not operating in a vacuum. We bird them. We create them. We create our emotions through our thoughts. We have knee-jerk emotions, and they're totally valid, and they're supposed to exist. But it's really our intellect that then directs how we react, how we respond, mm. and what we do with those emotions. Yeah. yeah, so your intellect is like a huge part of this whole experience. But the thing is, is that your intellect is sort of removed and detached and a little cold. And emotions are motion, right? They set us into motion. It's all about our actions. So the Sphero and Sphero Ha'omer and this time period of 49 days, we're learning how to activate in the world, how to use our emotions and how to elevate them to be the best versions of ourselves. So we're ready to fully receive all of the gifts that are waiting Mm -hmm. for us. So we've got, like, the mind in the background, like, all the parts of the mind, and then, like, the emotion. I love it. You're literally just, like, receiving, yeah. like, yeah. God's it's, word right yeah, now. Like, yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. I've been taken to church. <laughs> but, like, we have these emotions. The mind is, like, guiding them, but we are here to guide or to hone and to work on these parts that maybe don't have the same level of guidance or shape that the mind maybe has. Yeah, so the mind is—it's like, you know, the best way to explain it is, like, you can have kids running the home or parents running the home. When the kids are running the home, it's absolute chaos. The sink is running now. It's overflowing. There's food everywhere. It's just You're speaking a, from it's, personal it's, experience. Yeah, I'm literally speaking about <laughs> a personal experience. And, like, I have to keep so many eyes on my daughter now because she's running around. She's—I'm constantly putting out fires. And if she's just running the space, it's it's a little scary. Mm. And it's it's great for certain times. And, like, she's got to get that energy out. You can't suppress that. Yeah. She's a kid, right? But at the same time, the parents, the Chachma Bin and Dat part of us, mm. the, the upper parts of who we are, part of the higher consciousness, is about let's direct and give helpful feedback and create safe space on how to deal with these big emotions and how to process these big emotions and how to allow them to be the best that they can be. Because, you know, kids on their own, without the right mentorship and guidance, are just like, okay, like, there needs to be that safe space. So really, the intellectual parts of us create that container. Hopefully, it's a clear container so that they can really be fluid and show up. And a lot of the spirit are about, like, losing that rigidity but then having the right—it's all about balance, but then having the right boundaries. It's cool because I think Judaism is so much associated with the mind. Mm. It's a religion of thought, and it's people who spend time in, you know, yeshivas or whatever. Like, that's when we think of Jews. We think of argument and debate. That's all mind. And now we have this period on the calendar that is not mind. Like, the mind is there, but emotions are at the forefront. And there's movements, like Hasidic— thought or Hasidism is very emotional. But Judaism as a whole, I think when people conceptualize all of the different parts of it, it's like mind. 
But here, there's just, like, space for feeling. Yes, 100%. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, you said it perfectly. It's, like, what it boils down to is the integration between the mind and the heart. Ah, that's what I'm working on in my life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This this is perfect. Yeah. Totally. Ah. That's what we're here for, and it's, you know, it's a lot. I don't think we're cursing on this podcast, so I won't say what I want to say, but it is a freaking lot. It is a lot. (laughs) So the first week of this is chesed. What does that mean? Like I translate it as love or loving kindness, but how do you understand that? Yeah, I was going to say, usually that's how it's translated. The raw translation is love, kindness, benevolence. And what I've learned over the years is it's like really so much more than that. Mm. The words that I like to use are expansion or extension, like expanding your mind consciousness and coming into your emotions with expansion. So what does that really mean? So if you think about it, chesed comes right after those intellectual faculties we just talked about, right? And going from this sort of rigid headspace, Mm -hmm. there needs to be now flow. There needs to be expansion. Sometimes we can get stuck in our heads. You know, we have a plan. We've, We've totally formulated this mission of what we want to accomplish, whether it's, you know, I'm going to start this business. I'm going to jump on this podcast. I know exactly what I'm going to say. And you create this this beautiful roadmap for yourself. But then you have to be willing to surrender Mm. and let go. Yeah. And allow the process to begin. So that takes a tremendous amount of confidence in yourself. Mm. It takes trust in the mission you've thought about it already. You don't need to go there. You've done your due diligence. You've created a beautiful itinerary or whatever. And now it's time to jump in. So chesed is the ability to expand, to be open, to be willing to trust the process, to let go of your, I think about like my birth plan, right? Like I had a daughter, I choreographed what I wanted that to look like for years. I want it to be in the water. I want it to be at home. I'm going to have midwives. It's going to be dark. I'm going to have this playlist. (laughs) I'm going to be drinking my coconut water, and it's going to be so nice. Sounds serene. (laughs) I had such an amazing birth plan. And guess what? Once it started, it's like— Dude, there's no there's no plan. You you just gotta let that go. What ended up happening? Oh my gosh, you don't want to. I was in labor for three days. It was not at home. It was like it was couldn't be more different. Yeah. But I went into it knowing like, okay, this is my plan, and it's the ideal situation, and it's what I'd love to create. But once it started, I we knew already that the way that we were going to move forward was. We got to trust the process. We have great doctors. We have great midwives. We have an exceptional team of support. And we can lean into that and just go with it. And at every single step, we're going to ask the right questions, but we're not going to get into this stuck, right? This stuck space, this fear space, this anxiety space. We're going to keep our hearts and our minds open to just flow. It's all about flow here. Chesed is about flow, go, trust, love, confidence, willingness. These are all words that I'm like, okay, what is that? What is that? That's confusing. And so Spira is the opportunity to look at that aspect of your life 
and say, hmm, how do I manage when I'm in a situation that I'm starting to feel stuck in? How can I now tap into flow? How can I work on letting go, getting out of my head and going with the process? That's hard. It's really hard because it's informed. I mean, at least for me, like I know, but it's so informed by past experiences, trauma, all of these things that are separate in some ways from me in the moment, but are entirely tied to like who I am in the moment. But that ability to separate from those things and, and try and move into that flow is especially hard when you think about all of the things or not even think about it because it's hard to even put your finger on it, but all of the things that hold me back in doing that and then how do you start that process like what do you do what I try to do is remind myself that I don't run the world I just work here (laughs) and to a certain degree on a daily basis we have to be willing to surrender to that and be open to a much bigger picture I think that willingness to let go allows us to deal with the road bumps because it's like this went wrong what am I going to do? I'm going to start sulking. I'm going to I'm going to shut down. I'm going to be angry. It's not productive. So, I think in those moments it's really hard, but I think if we start to look at the the emotional roadmap and understand how they're supposed to inform our lives and what the ideal version of chesed is mm. and what it should look like, then we can deal when the when the issues arise. And it's going to be personal. It's going to look different for everybody, I assume. Totally. I mean, for some people, it's like, let me take a few breaths, you know, and just like check out for a minute or two. Mm -hmm. For another person, it's like, I need to go for a run. For another person, it's, I need to mentally coach myself to have the right language. Das, not in your hands right now. Let go. Mm -hmm. Trust the process. Be open to the beautiful gifts that are in store for you that maybe you're not receptive to, but they're there and trust that. So it's really moving from, in Kabbalah, it's called a mochin de gadlut, a limited consciousness, to mochin de kadnu, an expanded consciousness. Mm. Moving from a space of, of constriction and fear and being in a box to kind of dismantling those parameters and moving into flow. And this is very much the story of leaving Mitzrayim, right? Mitzrayim, Egypt, the whole Passover story is about leaving Egypt. And Egypt in Hebrew is Mitzrayim, and Mitzar means a constricted space. Mm -hmm. So it's all about consciousness here. We're talking about going from a slave mentality a victim mentality to a freedom mentality. (sighs) And what was so hard for the Jewish people was that they weren't even willing to accept that they were going to be freed. Like Moses literally was like, bro, it's time to leave. And they're like, no, we just want to stay. Like, we're okay. We're dealing with the suffering. Let's just stay here. And Moshe's like, dude. (laughs) That's me on Tuesday. And we do that, right? (laughs) We're like, we're not even willing to see that there's something great and amazing waiting for us. It's scary to come out of that mentality because that's all we know. Right. And that's that's the state of mind we've been in for so long. Right. So we start with expansiveness to open ourselves up to the rest of what the six weeks that come after this have to hold. Exactly. Exactly. That makes sense. Where does love fit into this? Because I do think about it from the vantage point of love and— Love and expansiveness don't seem like they're opposites, but I don't know how they fit together. Yeah, no, it's a great question. Before we can start to express love outwardly, 
there has to be that self-love and that self-compassion that's there. So in that context, I would say chesed is that trusting self. Trusting yourself means that you love yourself. Trust and compassion towards the fact that you exist, that you have a beautiful mission to accomplish in this world, that will feed into being able to trust the world around you, trust the important people in your life, even if they're not, you know, showing up in the way that they're meant to. If you can have compassion for yourself and you deal with the crap inside of yourself, then you're going to be able to deal with the crap of other people. Yeah. So once you can come into a space of self-love and showing expansion around yourself of, I can accomplish. I can execute on dealing with this deadline that I have in front of me. You know, even with the pressures that are in front of me, I'm going to do the best that I can. I'm going to be open to however way it's going to come up. That self-love, I think, will feed into how you express love towards others. But I do think that it really starts from the love that we have for ourselves. Well, you are meeting a person who is at the very beginning of doing that, I think. So (laughs) I'm excited to see what the rest of this journey holds because it fits perfectly like I'm not there and I want to be. And we've got six more weeks of this, so we'll see where I land. We're going to do amazing. Thanks. I'll see you next week. I went into this week thinking I understood what chesed was all about. This was going to be the gimme week. I mean, it's supposedly all about love. Dossi totally opened my mind to a new way of thinking about chesed as a form of inner expansiveness. She's the first person I've ever heard describe it this way, and I'm excited to see what that looks like as the week unfolds. It's also worth pointing out that the Omer is considered a period of mourning on the Jewish calendar, particularly because of a tragedy where tens of thousands of Rabbi Akiva's students were killed by Romans, plague, or both. For that reason, many Jews during this time will avoid being overly celebratory, like listening to music or even cutting their hair during the Omer. It's super important to acknowledge this, but it's also one of the multiple sides of the Omer, and for the next seven weeks, I'm going to focus on the Kabbalistic tradition of the Sphirot. Join me tomorrow when I turn to the writings of a Jungian psychologist to help me understand chesed. Until then, I'm Kylie Younell, and this is 49 Days to Stretch My Soul. Nine Days to Stretch My Soul is a production of Tablet Studios. The show is hosted by me, Kylie Unell, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruske, Josh Cross, Quinn Waller, Robert Scaramuccia, and Sarah Fredman Ader. Our team includes Stephanie Butnick, Leah Leibovitz, Mark Oppenheimer, and Tanya Singer. Please go rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps other people discover the show. For more of me, you can follow at Kylie Unell on Instagram. For more information about this or any other of Tablet's podcasts, visit tabletmag.com slash podcasts.